Good morning, esteemed Sister Maka. Good morning, everyone. Well, welcome to the Inspired by the World Times of Prayers. Praise God. Okay. Um, right now, we're going to be praying. Um, just a minute. I want to share. Okay. So we're going to be praying from the book of First Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for king and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who we have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. Praise God. So right now we're going to be praying in line with um, the prayer points our man of God gave us during the last communion service. So we're going to be praying against forced vaccination in all the countries of the world. We're going to be frustrating the plan of the devil because it is not yet time. So right now, we're just begin to speak in tongues, begin to frustrate all the plans of the devil to bring this time when it's not yet time in the name of Jesus. Let's just begin to speak in other tongues. Rakaba, <laughs> <laughs> 
for the opportunity to lead the prayers. Um, right now, I would like to hand over to you, Ma, for the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Thank you so much, Ma. Hello, Sister Joy. Thank you very much for the prayer session. And I would like to welcome everybody. Welcome to yet another time of devotion with our God. And today is um, Thursday, the 8th of April. Yeah, the the month is fast um running and um it's already the eight. 
I'd like to love today's devotional is faith doesn't require physical evidence. Faith doesn't require physical evidence. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's our opening scripture, and it's taken from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Assume it was your birthday, and your favorite uncle, rich and generous, called you on the phone to tell you he just bought you a car. You'd believe him and immediately get excited, even though you hadn't seen the car. That's faith. It doesn't require physical evidence. The reason you believe and rejoice is that you trust your uncle's character. Otherwise, you'd express doubt upon receiving the news. Similarly, when you think, talk, and act based on the integrity of God's word, you are expressing faith and you are bound to have extraordinary results. Someone once lamented how God gave him a specific word about his healing, prosperity, and restoration, yet he claimed he didn't see evidence that the word came to pass in his life. His language actually manifested unbelief. What other evidence is there concerning your blessings and triumphant life besides the word of God? Become fully persuaded by the word of God. Don't wait for any physical manifestation before you take what God says is yours. Accept his word and live accordingly. Your faith is the manifestation for faith perceives as fact, as fact that which has been declared by the word. Faith perceives as fact that which has been declared by the word. Glory to God. Faith doesn't require physical evidence. You know, I like the story that's given in the introduction, how that your it's your birthday and your uncle who you know is extremely rich and very generous. Mark the two words, rich and generous. Calls you and says, oh, I'm going to be giving you a car, bought you a car for your birthday. And he says that you are going to believe it and you're going to celebrate it even when you haven't seen the car. And... I, I believe that that celebration is coming from your trust first in his character, in his person, your faith in his person. You believe that he's who he says he is. And then you know that he would do what he says he would do. You know, our faith in the word of God, our faith in God is usually built on key factors one is faith in who he is you must believe that god is who he says he is you must be if he doesn't have it then he cannot tell you that you have it as his child if he's not who he says he is then you it will be difficult for you to believe that you are who god says you are because you believe in you and in who he has made you what he has given you, what he says you can do based on your faith in his person first. Believing that he is who he says he is, he has what he says he has. When we say God is the wise, is the only wise God. If you don't believe it, then you cannot believe when he says he has made you his wisdom. Or he made crap.
you must believe that he can do what he says he can do. When you believe all of those things, then you can believe that God, that you are who God says you are, that you have what God says you have, and that you can do what God says you can do. So your faith is first in him. And, you know, these things that we read every day, they are not to psych us, to keep us on the Christian path. They are as real and as true as they are. Of course, uh, many of you have put the word of God to work and you have always returned with testimonies. So I'm not, um, it's not a, a new gospel that I'm preaching to you. But there are those who probably have um, gone through a particular situation that has um, 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 delayed for a while and then it feels like it's not working. No, but the thing is sometimes we seem to forget um, where we are coming from. One of the things I like about the character of David in the Bible is his ability to remember his past testimonies. When he's faced Goliath, as huge as Goliath was, as, as, as um, terrifying as the times were at that time, because even the king was afraid of Goliath. The whole nation was afraid of Goliath, all the soldiers. But when he stood before Goliath, he reminded himself that there was the time he was in the desert and he had to face a bear. The bear had taken one of his sheep and he couldn't go back to tell daddy that, ah, daddy, sorry, one bear came and carried your sheep and killed it. He couldn't go back to give an excuse. He went after the bear and by the spirit of the Lord, he caught the bear and he tore the bear. Another day it was a lion. He did the same thing. He tore, you know what it means to, toy, to tear a lion from the mouth? So he acknowledged that that strength didn't come from him. He acknowledged that that ability didn't come from him because it is impossible for a natural man. He was a youth at that time, a young boy. But he caught the lion by the mouth and tore the lion. And he knew that it was not by his human strength or ability. He acknowledged that there was a God factor in it. And he said, that same God that helped me with the bear, that same God that helped me with the lion is going to deal with this Goliath for me. By that God, I will deal with this Goliath. And he remembered that he did not need a spear or a knife to kill the lion or the bear. So the guy wasn't looking for a knife. He wasn't looking for a sword. And you go through challenges. Remember, remember the times that God was there for you. Remember your past testimonies. Remember the things that God has done for you. And just maybe you are new, you are a Christian, you just became a Christian and you say, oh, I can't recall. Then welcome, welcome to the journey. Faith does not require any physical evidence. If God has told you certain things, of course, every day we read the word, the word of God comes to us. 
So as that's the prophecies that come, maybe it's your, it was your birthday and you got different calls, different prophecies. Maybe you were in church on a Sunday or on a Wednesday and there were specific words to you, maybe by your leader, by co-believer, co, co by your pastor, whatever the case is. You can take God by his word. Believe those things. You know, I, I was telling somebody um, earlier this year in January, there were different words of prophecies that I had received. And um, there, there are prophecies that sometimes you, you, you can't trace the how, how it's going to happen. And I was telling her, I said, see, um, sometimes you, you need to draw your, 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 your house. When I say draw your house, you need to um, bank your faith on the house that abide in the Bible. And I was using the story of Joseph, for instance. This was the Joseph, a favorite of his father, his wealthy father. Joseph was not, was not raised in a poor house, you know, so his father was wealthy. We know about the sons of Abraham. And then he was sold as a slave. So imagine going from a rich kid to a slave. As though that was not enough, things were getting better in the house. His master began to trust him and to commit assignments into him to say, oh, okay, um, the house would run by your instructions and all of that because the master saw that he, his house prospered when Joseph ruled it. From there, the master's wife framed him up, you know, and he went to prison. So from slave, he became a prisoner. You know, what could be worse? Jo Joseph had seen it all. But God had told this boy when he was a teenager that, guy, you are going to rule. He saw the father and the mother. You know, it was the sheaves, the 11 sheaves. He said the, they bowed before him. He said even the moon and the star, the sun and the moon, the, another one, he said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars. You know, he kept saying that he became the leader over his family. So even while in prison, while as a slave, he did not forget. And one day, according to the word of the Lord, he became the ruler. And he became the ruler in a land that was like the, the number one land at the time. And by his word, men lived their lives. I'm sure if God had told um, 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 Joseph, like he's telling some of you that you would give him the billions and you're wondering how it's going to happen. You would not have to go to prison, physical prison. You may not have to become a slave. You would not have to. But maybe the situation you're going through at this time looks like this one is even, is, is physical prison is, is better than this one. This one I'm going through right now is worse. Draw, let your faith be anchored on the how in the Bible of stories like that of Joseph. How that from the prison, it would have been a miracle that God brought him out of prison and then he became a free man in Egypt. No, that wasn't enough the word of God had to be fulfilled. He didn't just bring him out of prison. He brought him and made him the ruler. So my brother, my sister, 
everything that God said would happen in the Bible, we've seen them happen even in these times about the last days. Let your faith be anchored that the fact in the fact that the word of God is true and the things that God has said, we have seen them happen. So the one he has said to you should be the easiest for you to believe. And the Bible says that if you can't believe in our fathers, you know, who are human, they tell us that they'll do something and we believe how much more God, how much more God. So let your faith be in the word. Stop looking for physical evidence. If God says it, so it is. He said he was poor. He was rich before our six. He became poor so that we through his poverty might be rich. Every day see yourself as rich and declare yourself as rich. You will do the billions in this life. In this life, you will do it. He said unquantifiable wealth, incalculable riches. You will do it. Believe the word. Believe the words that have come to you in the place of this devotion. Believe the words that have come to you during prophecies, times of prophecies from your man of God, from your pastor, from your leader, from co-believers. Believe them. I have a prophecy book. I hope you do. It can be on your phone. It can be a physical book where you document what's a prophecy concerning your life because they will all come to pass. So I'm saying congratulations because we are a people of prophecy and prophecies shall of necessity be fulfilled in our lives. Every word that God has spoken concerning us. When we started this quarter, the Spirit of God told us that we were entering into a time of the fulfillment of prophecies. So more than ever before, I believe that there's going to be a lot of celebration of unending streams of the miraculous amongst us. And so shall it be. Praise God. I hand over to Sister Joy for the further study and the Rhapsody prayer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ma, for that ministration. Thank you, Ma. I give in the billions. Amen. Um, all right. Right now, we're going to be taking the further study. We're reading from Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he, he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Praise the Lord. We're going to be taking the confession together. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. My faith is active and prevails even now. I anchor my life on God's word and refuse to be swayed by contrary winds or circumstances. For my faith is the title deed to unseen realities. I walk in the light of my inheritance in Christ, in power and grace, living in divine health and supernatural prosperity. I'm victorious evermore because I live in and by the word. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Right now, I would like to hand over to Brother Zia as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on what part of the world you're connecting from. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing opportunity. Uh, right now, I'm reading the New Testament Bible reading and um, we'll be sharing my screen at the moment. Congratulations to every single person that has been consistent on this daily Bible reading plan. God's word is bearing fruit in our lives. All right, praise God. Luke chapter 11 from verse 37. The caption says, frauds. When he finished that talk, the Pharisees asked him to dinner. He entered his house and sat right down at the table. The Pharisees were shocked and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up before the meal. But the master said to him, I know you Pharisees brunish the surface of your cups and plates so they sparkle in the sun. But I also know your insides are maggoty with greed and secret evil. Stupid Pharisees, didn't the, didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Turn both your pockets and your hearts inside out and give generously to the poor. Then your lives will be clean, not just your dishes and your hands. Turn both your pockets and your hearts inside out and give generously to the poor. Then your lives will be clean, not just your dishes and your hands. I have had it with you. You are hopeless, you Pharisees, frauds. You keep meticulous account books, tighten on every nickel and dime you get or manage to find loopholes for, for getting around basic matters of justice and God's law. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. You are hopeless, you Pharisees, frauds. You love sitting at the head table at church dinners, love preening yourselves in the radiance of public flattery. Frauds, you are just like unmarked graves. People walk over that nice grassy surface never suspecting the rot and corruption that is six feet under. One of the religious scholars spoke up, teacher, do you realize that in saying these things, you're insulting us? He said, yes, I can be even more explicit. You are hopeless. You religion scholars, you load people down with rules and regulations, nearly breaking their backs, but never lift even a finger to help. You are hopeless. You build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed. The tombs you build are monuments to your modern ancestors more than to the modern prophets. The accounts for God's wisdom say, say, the accounts for God's wisdom saying, I will send them prophets and apostles, but they will kill them and run them off. What it means is that every drop of righteous blood ever spilled from the time earth began until now, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was struck down between altar and sanctuary is on your heads. Yes, it's on the bill of this generation and this generation will pay. You are hopeless, you religion scholars. You took the key of knowledge, but instead of unlocking doors, you locked them. You won't go in yourself and won't let anyone else in either. As soon as Jesus left the table, the religion scholars and Pharisees went into a rage. They went over and over everything he said, plotting how they could trap him in something from his own 
mount. And may the Lord bless this reading in our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I hand over to Brother John. Take us through the Old Testament Bible reading. God bless you all. Thank you very much, Brother Z. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, this reading made me remember one of the things Sister Maka shared with us a few weeks ago. If you have inconsistent, I think you would remember. So because of time, we'll move to the Old Testament segment of the Bible reading. And um, we're in the book of Judges. We're taking Judges chapter 5 and chapter 6 today. Praise be unto God. Once again, I'd like to say thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this opportunity to do this on a daily basis. Thank you so much, ma'am. So Judges, Judges 5, that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When they let down their hair in Israel, they let it blow wild in the wind. The people volunteered with abandon. Bless God. Hear, O kings, listen, O princes. To God, yes, to God, I will sing, make music to God, to the God of Israel. Pastor usually sings this song. Verse 4, God, when you left Seir, marched across the fields of Edom, earthquake, yes, the skies poured rain. Oh, the clouds made rivers, mountains leaped before God, the Sinai God, before God, the God of Israel. In the time of Shamgar, son of Anna, and in the time of Jair, public roads were abandoned, travelers were, went back roads. Warriors became fat and sloppy. No fights left in them. Then you, Deborah, rose up. Got up a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders who then fought at the gates and not a shield or spear to be seen among the 40 companies of Israel. Lift your hearts, lift your hearts high, O Israel, with abandon, but concern yourselves with the people. Bless God. You will ride on prized donkeys, comfortably mounted on blankets, and you will walk down the roads, ponder, attend, gather at the town well, and listen to them sing, chanting the tale of God's victories, his victories accomplished in Israel. Then the people of God went down to the city gates. Verse 12, wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, sing a song. On your feet, Barak, take your prisoners, son of Abinoam. And the remnants went down to greet the brave ones. The people of God joined the mighty ones. The captains from Ephraim came to the valley behind you. Benjamin with your troops. Captains marched down from Machir, from Zebulon. High-ranking leaders came down. Issachar's princes rallied to Deborah. Issachar stood fast with Barak, backing him up on the field of battle. But in Reuben's division, there was much second guessing. Why all those campfire discussions? Diverted and distracted, Reuben's divisions couldn't make up their minds. Gilead played it safe across the Jordan. And Dan, why did he go off sailing? Asher kept his distance on the sea coast, safe and secure in his harbors. But Zebulon risked life and life, and Lim defied death as did Naphtali on the battle heights. The kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought. At Tanakh they fought. 
at Megiddo's group. But they took no silver, no plunder. The stars and the sky joined the fight. From their courses, they fought against Caesarea. Caesarea, the torrent Kishon swept them away. The torrent attacked them, the torrent Kishon. Oh, he will stomp on the necks of the strong. Then the hoofs of the horses pounded, charging, stampeding starlings. Course mirrors, says God's angels. Course, double course its people because they didn't come when God needed them. They didn't rally to God's side with valiant fighters. Hmm. Most blessed of all women is Jael, wife of Heber, the Canaanite, most blessed of homemaking women. He asked for water. She brought milk in a handsome bowl. She offered cream. She grabbed a tent peg in her left hand. With her right hand, she seized a hammer. She hammered Caesarea. She smashed his head. She drove a hole through, the te- through his temple. He slumped at her feet. He fell. He sprawled. He slumped at her feet. He fell. Slumped. Falling. Dead. Verse 28. The Sarah's mother waited at the window. A weary, anxious watch. What's keeping his chariots? What delays his chariots from the wisest of her ladies in waiting? Answers. With calm, reassuring words. Don't you think they are busy at flunder, dividing up the loot? A girl, maybe two girls for each man. And for Cicera, a bright silk shirt, a prize, fancy silk shirt, and a colorful scarf. Make it two scarves to grace the neck of the plunderer. Thus, may all God's enemies perish, while his lovers be like, be like the unclouded sun. The land was quiet for 40 years. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. And I hand over to you, esteemed Amarak, for Judges 6. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you so much, Brother Gazeth. <laughs> thank you, Brother John, for the Bible reading. And thank you also, Sister Joy. Judges 6, we see Gideon. Gideon, yet again, the people of Israel went back to doing evil in God's sight. God put them under the domination of Midian for seven years. Midian overpowered Israel because of Midian. The people of Israel made for themselves hideouts in the mountains, caves, and forts. When Israel planted its crops, Midian and Amalek, the Easterners, would invade them, camp in their fields, and destroy their crops all the way to Gaza. They left nothing for them to live on, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkeys. For those of you in Nigeria, does this sound like the Fulani headsmen? right? They left nothing for them to live on, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, bringing their cattle and tents. They came in and took over like an invasion of locusts and their camels passed counting. They marched in and devastated the country. The people of Israel, reduced to grinding poverty by Midian, cried out to God for help. One time when the people of Israel had cried out to God because of Midian, God sent them a prophet with this message. God, the God of Israel, says... I delivered you from Egypt. I freed you from a life of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's brutality and then from every oppressor. I pushed them out of your way and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am God, your God. Don't for a minute be afraid of the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. But you didn't listen to me. 
One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress out of sight of the Midianites. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, almighty warrior. Verse 13, Gideon replied, with me, my master, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? We are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to Midian. But God faced him directly. Go in the strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? <laughs> you know, Gideon, if you know the profile of Gideon, and then God is calling him a mighty man of warrior and telling him that, you as Gideon, you, you should go and deliver the people of Israel. It sounds ridiculous, you know. And that's how sometimes when your word of prophecy comes to you, when you look at your present state based on the physical eyes, it doesn't look like you can do the thing that God said you can do. But let's see what happened with Gideon, if it happened as God said it will happen. You know, um, verse 17 no, 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 verse, um, verse 15, Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me, my clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the rot, runt of the leader. God said to him, I will be with you. Believe me, he will defeat Midian as one man. And you know, this verse is just it. When, when God tells you something, he's not telling you because, oh, um, it's not about you. It's the fact that he's with you. He's the fact that he's in you. And God knows he cannot lose a battle. God knows that when he's involved, it will only turn out as he has said. So when he's saying that, oh, you will be the wealthiest man on earth, for instance, he's telling you that he's going to be in you, working it out. No wonder the Bible says that God is the one that is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he's the one working inside of you, causing it to happen. So when he tells you that you are this person, when he tells you that you can do this person, you can, you can do this thing, let your answer be yes, sir, because consider it as done. Verse 17, Gideon said, if you're serious about this, do me a favor. Give me a sign to back up what you're telling me. Don't leave until I come back and bring you my gift. He said, I'll wait till you get back. Gideon went and prepared a young goat and a huge amount of unraised bread. He used over half a bushel of flour. He put the meat in a basket and the brought in a pot and took them back onto the shade of the oak tree for a sacred meal. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and unrisk bread, place them on that. Um, Gideon got stretched out the tip of the stick he was holding and touched the meat and the bread. Fire broke out of the rock and burned up the meat and bread while the angel of God slipped away out of sight. And Gideon knew it was the angel of God. Gideon said, oh no, master God, I have seen the angel of God face to face. But God reassured him, easy now, don't panic, you won't die. Then Gideon built an altar there to God and named it God's Peace. Is still called that at opera of Abieza. That night, this happened. God said to him, take your father's best seven-year-old bull, the prime one, tear down your father's bow altar and chop down the Asherah fertility pole beside it. Then build an altar to God, your God, on the top of this hill. Take the prime bull and present it as a whole bond offering. 
using firewood from the Asherah pole that you cut down. Gideon selected 10 men from his servants and did exactly what God had told him. Now, 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 I don't want us to just read this in a hurry. Look at this. This is this, this is Gideon that is the least in his family. And then his family is the least in the in. <laughs> In Manasseh, right? And Manasseh, is, from what he said, is the least amongst the children of Israel. Now, this is, so we can as well describe him as the poorest unknown man in Israel. But look at this. Just look at verse 27. Gideon selected 10 men from amongst his servants. A man that is supposed to be unknown, that is supposed to be poor, that is supposed to be, what, however he described himself had enough servants to select 10 men from amongst them. I said that to say this, when God told Abraham that he had made him rich and through him all the nations of the earth will be rich. I believe that you can see from this scripture that the word of God concerning Abraham and his seed had been fulfilled. Now, the least in Israel is this wealthy to have, to have, um, you know, all of this that is described in this verse, please a second. Praise God. Verse 27, Gideon selected 10 men from his servants and did exactly what God had told him. But because of his family and the people in the neighborhood, he was afraid to do it openly. So he did it that night. Early in the morning, the people in town were shocked to find Baal's altar torn down, the Asherah pole beside it chopped down, and the prime bull burning away on the altar that had been built. They kept asking who did this, questions and more questions, and then the answer, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The men of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die, while he tore down the Baal altar and chopped down the Asherah tree. But Joash stood up to the crowd, pressing in on him. Are you going to fight Baal's battles for him? Are you going to save him? Anyone who takes Baal's side will be dead by morning. If Baal is a god, in fact, let him fight his own battles and defend his own altar. What a father. They nicknamed, jo Gideon, they, they nicknamed Gideon that day, Jerub Baal. Because after he had torn down the Baal altar, he had said, let Baal fight his own battles. All the Midianites and Amalekites, the Easterners, got together, crossed the river, and made, made camp in the valley of Jezir. God's spirit came over Gideon. He blew his ram's horn trumpet, and the Abirzite came out, ready to follow him. He dispatched messengers all through Manasseh, calling them to the battle, also to Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali. They all came. Verse 36, Gideon said to God, if this is right, if you are using me to save Israel, as you've said, then look, I'm placing a fleece of wood on the threshing floor. If dew is on the fleece only, but the floor is dry, then I know that you use me to save Israel, as you said. That's what happened. When he got up early the next morning, he wrung out the flakes, enough dew to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, don't be impatient with me, but let me say one more thing. I want to try another time with the fleece, but this 
next time, let the fleece stay dry while the dew drenches the ground. God made it happen that very night. Only the fleece was dry while the ground was wet with dew. Praise God. Thank God his word and you know through the through these different passages that I read i want you to see who god is i want you to see how far god is willing to go to prove how passionate god is about his children to save them when they call upon him the bible says call upon me in the time of trouble he said i would answer you he said and i'll show you my expectant of our of our of our of our call you know and we're in the new testament when it's not it's not a call from the earth to heaven no that god that lives in heaven lives in us by virtue of the holy spirit so when we pray from within this is why our answers come from within but my pastor will always say that everything you ever need in life is on the inside of you and that's why the bible says he's at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure so it's a beautiful life we've been called to live. Don't for once, you know, feel like um, um, you, 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 are, you are disadvantaged. No, you cannot be. You cannot be. Not when this same God that we're reading about on a daily basis, after all that he did, he looked back and he said, it's not enough. I want to give my son so that my son can can settle all these things once and for all. So these people don't have to be in and out, in and out. Let's settle it once and for all. God was always willing, looking out for his children. When you see all that God is doing for the children of Israel, you should now know that much more is what he feels for you and much more is what he's, he did for you and much more is what he's willing at any time to make happen for you. So enjoy the love of God. Enjoy the love of God embrace it you know because the thing about love is love must be accepted many people don't know how to accept love even in relationships no matter how much somebody loves someone maybe a guy loves a lady when a lady hasn't learned how to accept love it doesn't matter how much love is thrown at her she will not be able to accept it and to enjoy it you must learn from god's love how to accept it for instance you did something wrong the love of god is reaching out and saying that don't worry Christ paid for everything, every wrong you'd ever do. Don't worry, it has been settled. But no, you want to wallow in guilt. You want to stay in your room. You want to cry. You want to beat yourself. You want to punish yourself. No, learn how to accept God's love. Because if you don't learn it from the way you have your relationship with God, it will affect your relationship with people. Sometimes you see two people married. They can't even enjoy one another because they haven't learned how to enjoy love. You do something and you are you 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 go to your shell. You 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 shut out your spouse. You don't want to You don't want to relate step love. And to move on at God inspire our lifestyle. Thank you so much for the Pauline affirmation and the communion. Thank you very much, everybody. Praise the Lord. Thank you, esteemed Sister Amaka, for this great opportunity. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Okay, we're taking our Pauline affirmation this morning. 
and um, praise the Lord. The information is on the screen at this time. I hope you can see it. Praise the Lord. Okay. We start our formation by we take your formation by starting with our names. My name is Martins. We share you share your name, have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The top paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mic at this time. I hope you can see the formation on the screen. I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mic at this time as we take our formation at the count of three. One, two, Three. My name is Martin Spring. of wisdom and revelation. the knowledge of God's will Hallelujah. Okay, we are going into the communion this time. And we are taking our text from First Corinthians chapter one verse. First in Corinthians chapter eleven verse twenty-three. I have received of the Lord that which I deliver unto thee, unto you, the Lord Jesus, the same night when he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord, for the body of Christ that was broken for us. Thank you, Father, for his body was broken our justification. Thank you, Lord God, this day, as we break this bread, the lines are falling on us in pleasant places. The pathway 
every pathway is cleared for us by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We we'll walk in the newness of life. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, go ahead and break the bread. Go ahead and break the bread. Praise the Lord. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had sought, saying, This is the his cup, is the New Testament in my blood. This do you have forth as you drink it in remembrance of me. But as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do show the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that speaks the better things. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the restoration of life. Thank you for the restoration of hope. Thank you for the faith that is better than our spirits. Thank you, Lord God, for we know this sure thing that by dying, you destroyed our death. By rising, you restored our life. We live in you and you in us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the New Testament. Thank you, Lord God. This blood will speak promotion. This blood will speak progress. It will speak increase. It will speak productivity. Yes, it will speak grace upon grace. Yes, it is the glory restored. Thank you, Lord God. Even as we take this cup, the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ that is upon us, we flow you from us, just as the oil flowed from the head of Aaron, even unto his beards and to his garments. So shall this blessing flow from us to everyone that is connected to us. Yes, from this day, it will be remarkable progress by the power of the Spirit of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Go ahead and drink the cup right now. Go ahead and take the cup. Os parodilo cross de Jovra Lira, the Cascova, Ege Parambasi Bradley. Melion de Soja eat the Kakida Hakabunda Kuri, Pranda Pradikos de Jalamanda Libra B. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. At this time, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute as we take the benediction. Kindly unmute your mic as we take the grace of fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, 
Thank you. 